You can follow me on Twitter at Bernier underscore Matt. Today is, you're probably listening to this on Friday, February the 10th, 2023. It's episode 148 of the pod. However you listen, thank you for doing so. Many ways to find the pod. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, InTheMoneyPodcast.com, YouTube, basically anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find this show. Uh, I had no intention of recording it all on Thursday. This is February the 9th. I was going to do it all on Friday. Flying out to San Francisco, getting ready for a big weekend out of Golden Gate Fields. And then, my, you know, my trip, a little bit of story time. And then I also thought this is probably a decent enough time we can knock out some Super Bowl props or big game props. I don't know what we can and can't say. If we can use the word, if we can't use the words, whatever. Uh, and obviously, if you are in a state where it's legal, you should be using FanDuel. But before we get into that, we have a little story time. I am headed to the airport this afternoon. Now, I live in Maine. Those of you that are unfamiliar with, you know, the geography of New England, I'm sure many of you have seen a map at least once in your life, but just in case you haven't, for whatever reason, I live in Maine, very southern part of Maine, kind of like Boston North, really, Massachusetts North. Maine at one time was part of Massachusetts, so we're, we're hanging on, but we don't live in like proper Maine. Proper Maine is, my uncle lives in proper Maine up in, like, the Moosehead Lake area. We're kind of like Poser, Maine. Massachusetts, you want to go to the beach. It's either the Cape or it's, it's where one of the little beach towns where I live. Now, to get to Logan Airport in Boston, you just shoot down 95 with... I mean, there's always traffic, but it usually moves unless it's the summer and then nothing moves, that stretch, which should be an hour trip, can turn into three very quickly. And unfortunately, the airport in Portland or the airport in Manchester, New Hampshire, you don't get direct flights to many places, depending on which airlines you fly. But So I'm in and out of Boston, for the most part. Uh, my wife and I have two vehicles. I think like most people do, most households, it's just the two of us and the baby, and Letty's nine months old. She can't drive yet. She's not She's not tall enough. So we have two vehicles. We have a 2019 Ford Explorer, and I also should preface this by saying we don't have, like, one car is not mine, one car is not hers. It's just kind of drive whatever you want. She doesn't have a car. I don't have a car. We just, whatever's there, take it. So we have a, a 2019 Ford Explorer, which suddenly is making a little bit of a humming noise. I hope it's nothing big, but it, it's going into the shop on Tuesday. I'm, I'm taking a red eye home from San Francisco Sunday night, get back to Boston first thing Monday morning. Car will go into the shop on Tuesday. I go back to the airport Wednesday to go to New Orleans. So the Ford is making a noise. But the second vehicle <clears throat> is sort of our pride and joy as far as vehicles are concerned of the two. It was the first car we bought together. We hadn't even gotten married yet. 
We bought it when we moved out of New York City up to the North Shore of Massachusetts. We lived in Salem, where all the witches lie. We bought a 2012 Kia Sorento. I know. Very sexy car. 2012 Kia Sorento. And she was all reliable. Just everything you could ask for. Only a four-banger, a little four-cylinder, so you didn't have, you know, not a lot of get up and go, but very reliable. And not a ton of miles, big picture. You know, here we are in 2023, just over 83,000 miles. Take care of our vehicles, all that kind of stuff. So I have the Kia, primarily because when she's home with the baby, it's just easier to get shit in and out of the back of the Ford than it is the Kia. The Ford's just bigger. You know, so I take the Kia, I'm going down to Logan. And again, those of you unfamiliar with the sort of geography, 95, I pick it up. I live like almost directly off the highway in Southern Maine. And it takes me roughly 12 minutes to get to the New Hampshire border. It might not even be 12, depending on how fast I'm driving. Let's say 10. Call it 10. New Hampshire, you could basically spit from Maine to Massachusetts. That's how short that little piece of of New Hampshire is. So I'm on my way. I make a quick pit stop back on the road, and all of a sudden I'm looking at the tack, the, the little gauge that shows you the RPMs, and... We're starting to bounce around for whatever reason, bouncing from 3,000 to 4,000 to 2,800. Keep in mind, it's a four-cylinder, so it's always humming a little bit on the highway. Yeah, something's not right, though. And and then all of a sudden, it really starts bouncing. And I go, all right, so got to veer off the side of the road, get in the breakdown lane. Uh, I don't know what the deal is. Keep in, keep in mind, uh, my flight begins boarding in roughly an hour and a half. So now I'm on the side of the road. I call home. I tell them, tell her, like, look, key is breaking down. Not great. Not great. I then call a car dealer who calls up the, you know, X, Y, and Z. Long story short, a State trooper, Massachusetts state trooper, pulls up behind me. Very nice young guy. Helps get the tow truck straightened out, the whole nine, yada, yada, yada. I call an Uber, and the Uber comes to where the pin is. Now, who in their right mind requests an Uber on a major highway? So the gentleman ends up being on the other side of the road, like in the residential area off the side of the highway. I go, no, man, I need you here on the highway, on 95. He goes, all right. So he comes and gets me. Long, long story short, I finally get to the airport. It was a sort of cathartic seven-hour flight from Boston to San Francisco. But it just felt like one of those things where you hope that's not a harbinger of things to come for the weekend from a gambling standpoint. Big weekend here. I'm looking forward to it. It's the first time I've ever really been in San Francisco. I've never been to Golden Gate Fields. 
I'm hopeful that's not a sign of, of things to come from a gambling standpoint. But we'll find out. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Saturday is the big one. El Camino Real Derby. Myself, Joaquin Jaime. It's the two of us. And I'm looking forward to it. Should be good. Uh, say a little prayer for the Kia. Sounds like transmission, possibly. I hope it's not cooked. If it is, we have to have a discussion about what we do going forward because it's kind of hard to justify $5,000 for a vehicle that's probably worth $8,500. I'm sure someone's going to bitch about how long I've talked without actually bringing up any kind of gambling or whatnot, but it was it's, it's Thursday night. Now it's 10 o'clock on the West Coast. I just ate a turkey sandwich at the hotel, and uh, yeah, so that's where we are. So we'll get to the racing. Those of you that are only here for the racing, uh, apologies. We'll get to it in a minute. The two races will go over El Camino and Sam Davis down at Tampa. But let me burn through some props. If you are inclined for the big game on Sunday between the Eagles and the Chiefs, um, I put out my projection a few weeks ago on Twitter at Bernie or underscore Matt. You know, I just didn't think there was any real edge one way or the other. I, I, the thought of laying one and a half with the Eagles in a game like this, I just don't, I don't find that particularly appealing. Even though I have them winning by three, I think the total spot on at fifty-one. So I thought some of the props were a little more interesting. Again, if you are playing in a legal state, you should be playing on FanDuel. Uh, these are just some numbers and some things to consider that my model has spit out. Uh, AJ Brown between eighty and eighty-nine yards. Uh, Jalen Hurts. 30 or more pass attempts, and you can find these prices are going to fluctuate up and down between now and Sunday, so I'm not even going to bother telling you numbers that, that I had seen when I went through and did this. Uh, the concern with the Hertz passing attempts number is how banged up is he? Um, I, I don't know if he actually got dinged up again in the San Francisco game or he just, you know, it's one of those things that takes a long time to heal, but um, there was a pretty juicy number on that. Uh, Chiefs team rushing yards between 111 and 120. That was a pretty juicy number. Uh, I have Mahomes at exactly 24 passing completions. You can get a square number on that. Uh, I have uh, Mahomes between 225 and 249 passing yards. Maybe not the best price, but I think reasonable. And the one that, no, my model has no way of quantifying, but I just think it's fun because I could see something stupid happening on either side. A non-quarterback to throw at least one passing touchdown. I'd seen that north of 20 to 1 for a few places. Uh, and for those of you that may have missed it on Twitter, I do have the Eagles winning effectively 27 to 24. So do with that what you will. Thank you for bearing with me with my little uh, story time. Maybe the more story times going forward, because as as I've said, this podcast is evolving. We're going to keep it closer to 30 minutes. It's going to be more of a preview, but occasionally in instances like this, and also for me, it's a little bit of, bit of therapy just to get it all out there. Pray for the Kia. All right. I'm going to get some sleep. When we come back, clear eyes. Full hearts can't lose. 
El Camino Real Derby, Sam F. Davis. A couple of derby preps coming up this weekend. You can find both of them over on FanDuel TV. All right, it's 5.37 on the West Coast on Friday night. I'm just getting back from the racetrack. Good first day. Love Golden Gate Fields. Beautiful, beautiful racetrack. The views are spectacular. If you live in the area or you're just looking for another racetrack to go to that you've never visited, I would strongly encourage a trip here. I apologize if you hear something in the background. That would be the heater because it's quite chilly. Now, I have to do something else here within the next, I don't know, 35 minutes or so. So I have not gone through and done a deep dive, proper deep dive, into the El Camino Real Derby, into the Sam F. Davis, and also it was brought to my attention that the Withers is being run tomorrow. So here's what we're going to do. This may not be everyone's favorite exercise, but we are trying to make lemonade from lemons. We are trying to make chicken salad from chicken shit. This is going to be my first look at two of these fields. I've looked at the, the El Camino, but I'm going to go through and you're going to get sort of a, a real-time reaction to my initial thoughts on some of these runners. Acknowledging this is not, we, we, there aren't selections here. If you're curious, selections... I'll probably put them up for all three of these races on the TVG app or on the website tvg.com for tomorrow, if you're curious. Uh, but for tonight and for this pod, knowing also the time constraints that this is going to be late night Friday night going out on the East Coast and um, these races will be coming up, why not just take it right through? We're going to go in post position order chronologically. Aqueduct, race number 9, 427 Eastern on Saturday. It is the grade 3 Withers Mile and an eighth, two turns. Historically, lately anyway, not a very good field as far as uh, being a meaningful prep for the Kentucky Derby. But we have had good horses come through there. It's not to say that, you know, you don't want to paint everything with a broad brush, but this has been a bit of a hungry group, typically, over the past handful of years coming out of this race. The number one's Arctic Arrogance, 8-5 to five on the morning line. The blinkers go on. For the first time, Linda Rice, Jose Lascano. I remember in the Rems and going two turns. Said the horse really, you know, kind of grinded, was hounded throughout. But Dubunal, who we'll talk about in the Tampa race, I just wasn't impressed. Comes back in the Jerome. I don't know what that field looks like. I don't know what the results have been from the January 7th race. Lost to a horse, LGN Knight is the abbreviated name. Uh, I'm not familiar offhand with that horse. Maybe the blinkers going on are, are something to take note of. Um, Arctic arrogance just never really been my cup of tea, but we'll find out. Career best fig has come at this mile on an eighth trip at Aqueduct. Uh, prove right uh, at first glance, if we're just comparing to a horse like Arctic arrogance, really, really far behind on figs. Um, the only victories to date have come at four furlongs and five and a half furlongs. Mm. You know, stranger things have happened. Greatest takes place at Aqueduct going a one-turn mile. Uh, mile and an eighth might be a little bit tough. And a son of Justify, I'm telling you, if you haven't looked at it yet, Justifies so far are far more sprinty than they are rowdy. We saw that with the Baffert horse last weekend. Jung Frau, Young Frau. Uh, for Mott, Dylan Davis, Arrowgate, tap it on the bottom. South Bank is the mayor. Put up via DQ. 
been the two-turn race at Gulfstream on December the 31st. I'm going to quickly pull up the chart because Expect More was a horse that came back and didn't do really all that well in his next start. He's a he's a well-meant type for Pletcher. Uh, but the fourth-place finisher was a next-out winner, Game Change, with an 82 buyer. I could be, without seeing the tape, without seeing what this horse looks like, Young Frau, uh, I could be enticed at a mile and an eighth. Hit show, 9-5 to five for Brad Cox. Interesting that Cox has this horse in New York right now. Manny Franco with the mount. You always have to respect any horse that Manny rides. Goes out for the Wests. Um, I guess draw a line through the second race of his career, especially when you take a look and see Confidence Game's a decent horse, but we just saw a Rocket Can did last weekend. One going two turns at Oakland last time out and did so very impressively. That was with Lasix. Won't have Lasix on Saturday. Actress, I liked Actress. I was a fan of hers. Um, distance, I don't think it'll be a problem. Hit show's interesting. Uh, General Banker, I don't know that I'm sold on distance for this horse. I also have to wonder, surface, I know some of the figs have been better on the main track, but I don't know that that's a, a slam dunk that this one's going to be better on the main. Mm, not for me. 90% Maddie for Butch Reed. Uh, the horse is, is improving, stretches out to two turns, whoa. Wagelia, goodness, private interview, mayor, interesting, okay, um, homebred for LC Racing, LLC, you know, just based on figs, this one's not crazy, I have no idea about the distance, um, and I'm going to, I, I shouldn't speculate, I don't know what the weather looks like in New York on Saturday, uh, but three, four on a fast main track, interesting, if you're looking for an alternative, Andiamo Offerenze, I've just never really been a huge fan of this horse, uh, I thought the debut was really solid. That was over a wet track. It's hard to get past the wet track numbers. Two for four lifetime, 0 for two on a fast main strip. Don't know that I believe in the mile on an eighth. Uh, Andiamo Friends 8, not for me in this spot. So with, I, I guess Young Frau would be the one I'd be most interested in acknowledging. I need to go back, watch the tape of the, uh, the two-turn races, both at Aqueduct and at Gulfstream most recently. Um... I don't love that gap in the workout tab. Now that I'm looking at it, January 22nd to February 5th. Hmm. Hmm. Don't love that. Um, but Young Frau is an interesting one, as is Hit Show, but Hit Show is not going to be any kind of a price. Um, and Arctic Arrogance. Basically, I would just be against that horse. I would try to find somebody to beat him. Let's go to Tampa. Race number 10, grade 3, Sam F. Davis. This is only a mile and a 16th compared to the mile and an 8th at Aqueduct. Uh, Worthington on the inside trying dirt for the first time. Wouldn't be the first time you see something crazy happen in a race like this. The Tampa path, I think, lends itself to a bit of chaos from time to time. A good horse. Runner-up of that Dania Beach major dude just came back and won a stakes race at uh, Gulfstream last weekend on the Pegasus undercard. You know... At face value, I don't see why the pedigree wouldn't uh, be there for the dirt. And if you believe that the form can transfer, especially when you compare it to some of the other runners in here, the figs are there. Worthington, you could do worse, I think, uh, assuming there is enough there to, to make a case for, for this one taken to the main track. Prairie Hawks, Happy Joseph Jr. Uh, has routed twice, both times at Tampa Bay Downs. Both times emerged victorious, defeated a common foe in Groveland in that most recent start. 
most recent start came with LASIKs on, won't have LASIKs on Saturday, but there's something to be said about having experience over this strip. It can be a little bit of a quirky track um, and continues to take forward steps. And you've got the leading rider down at Tampa, Sammy Camacho. Uh, Classic Legacy, another Mott runner, Junior Alvarado with the mount. Uh, I mean, why not go for the turkey? Three in a row. They struck together with the Pegasus. They struck last weekend with the Holy Bull. Why not strike here with Classic Legacy? Uh, Broke the maiden over a sloppy sealed track at Aqueduct going shorter. Into mischief, distorted humor. Again, not pulling up the the deep pedigree. Uh, Mile and 16th, I don't think it'll be a problem. I'd be curious to see beyond that. Um, But right now, with the way that this outfit is going, I I would uh, throw it at your own risk. Laver for Rusty Arnold. Bernardini out of a smart strike mayor. More importantly, the mayor is named center court. That's why you have Rod Laver. Laver. Uh, but center court herself, I don't even need to pull up the PPs for this. She was a very, very good miler on turf. Now, I see Bernardini, and I don't think turf at all. And to date, the dirt runs have been better. I don't think the distance will be the thing that gets this one beat. It's just a matter of have we seen enough improvement or will we see more improvement? Uh, you've got three consecutive dirt runs, 69, 70, 69. I think Labor's got some to find um, if he's going to prevail. Groveland, defeated by Prairie Hawk last time out. There was a bit of a merry-go-round. There was no pace signed on. That was first time against winners. Rallied from slightly off of it. Two starts back. That was in the first start going two turns for Owen Hardy. This is a Godolphin homebred. I mean, the, the trajectory is there. I just, not only do you need to turn the tables on Prairie Hawk, but now you got to deal with fresh faces as well. Be a little bit dubious of this one. Uh, classic Car Wash, I think, is mildly intriguing just at face value for Mark Cassie. Has won each of the last two starts. One going one turn on dirt at Gulfstream, the other going two turns on Tapita. One from off the pace, one from on the pace has nearly paired up buyer tops 75 and 76 in the last two you all know that uh, or those of you that have listened to this for any length of time that i think that can be a a harbinger of things to come that we could get a big forward move i think classic car wash without doing the deep dive i see orientate on the bottom you know maybe down the road distance is not going to be this one's friend but a mile on the 16th i don't think should be an issue uh, classic car wash a little interesting a little interesting uh, w null I can basically echo everything I said about Arctic Arrogance. You got one big fig, and I didn't love the race. So I would fade this horse at 9 to 5. I'm, I'm basically just taking the stand that I want to find somebody else. I don't want this horse. I don't want Arctic Arrogance. If they both win, I tip my cap and say, ooh, well done. Continue on that path, people. Um, it's nothing against the folks involved. I just I, I don't know that I love the Remsen. Uh, Noda for John Terranova, Antonio Gallardo with the mount. Big stretch out in distance. This one's also cross-entered on Sunday at Tampa. Broke the maiden last time out going six and a half. This is a big ask to go from a maiden score at six and a half to take on winners for the first time. Not only winners, stakes company, not only stakes company, but we're going two turns. Uh, Noda maybe is a nice horse, but there's you got a lot going against you. Uh, Champion's Dream, another Cassie runner in here. I do remember this horse breaking the maiden up at Saratoga. Thought looked really, really well. Came back in the Champagne, wet track, draw a line through it. No big deal. Uh, the Nashua was a victory, going a one-turn mile. And then comes back in the Pasco and can't quite get to Zydeco. 
Now, Shaq Diesel has come back to win out of that race, and I will pull this one up just because I'm curious, uh, and improve the buyer 11 points. Because when I first watched that race in deep stretch, I said, geez, I don't know if I, if I love anybody in there. Uh, and the only reason I'm saying I watched that is because we were I was on air during that. This is another son of Justify. I don't know how far they're going to want to go. I, I'm, I continue to warn you. I think Justify is going to be a very good stallion. I don't know that they're going to be long-distance types. You're going to have the occasional one that outruns their pedigree and whatnot. I don't know that I think of, of Justify. I think he could end up being more sprinty than rowdy. Uh, but Champion's Dream is an interesting runner. Uh, Dreaming of Kona, as I take a quick sip. comes out of the mucho macho man which has been a a bit of a, a polarizing race to this point legacy isle didn't do much lord miles didn't do much but on the flip side general jim came back and won a stakes race in his next start so maybe there's something there by and large i don't love the race um, and the horse also for what it's worth has earned three consecutive 72 buyer speed figures i need a forward move I see Fast Anna on top. Fast Anna was a very fast horse, not a long horse. Uh, Dreaming of Kona, I would probably be against. Litigate, who I I like. I like. Uh, my concern is was no match for Cyclone Mischief, who didn't pick his feet up last weekend. Now, the last place finisher did come back and win next out with an 85 buyer, but that was on a, a surface change, going two turns. Yada yada. I, I got to be honest. The cyclone mischief thing is is really throwing me for a loop because I, he was so bad, and I have to think the horse is better than that, based on what he did in that allowance race. Either that, or that allowance race wasn't very good. Both of which could be true, I guess. Litigate maybe at a shorter price. I'd I'd be inclined to to fade, and I just mentioned with Zydeco. Uh, I wasn't overly impressed with the victory in the Pasco, uh, despite the fact that Shaq Diesel came back to win next out. So my initial pass-through would be a fade of Litigate, would be a fade of Dreaming of Kona. I, I guess if I don't find anybody else, I could be talked into Champions Dream at a mile on the 16th, but the Justify thing is there. Uh, Noda, I think that's too big of a stretch out. Dubunol, I'm against. Classic Car Wash would probably be the one I'd be most intrigued by right now. Be not against Groveland, but, you know, not on top, I don't think. Laver, I'd want to go back and watch the tape, but another one that comes out of that Mucho Macho Man. Classic Legacy, I could maybe talk myself into that one. Prairie Hawk, could maybe talk myself into that horse. And Worthington is one. Really, I, th I think a lot of these runners you've gone through, or I've gone through, and nobody, nobody's wowing you. So if nobody wows you and you're not in love with anything and you don't think you're going to get good value, maybe you take a complete fresh face, a complete stranger, first time on dirt with Worthington. Just some things to think about. And let's button it up out here on the West Coast with the El Camino Real Derby, which is race number eight, 754 on the East Coast, 454 on the West Coast, mile and an eighth on the all-weather, $100,000. Uh, Gilmore, one of two in here for Bob Baffert. Uh, I'd have to watch the tape, but the run at Los Al was flattered, I think, anyway, when Roll-On Big Joe came back and won next out. That was down at Gulfstream, if my 
memory serves correct, and won by 100 that day. Um, the figs look pretty good coming out of that race. I, I don't think the pedigree is going to be a major issue. Coming off a layoff, first start as a three-year-old. Gilmore could certainly see myself getting in, enticed into to taking a shot there. Uh, Chase the Chaos is coming in off of what has to be the most impressive win. Uh, all he did was go out and win by seven and a half lengths, 81 buyer. Had a big pace to run at, but winning by seven lengths at any level I think is good. And by the way, two horses came back and one next out, including Happy Does, who's also in this race. So Chase the Chaos I think is really intriguing just based on paper. Uh, and the co-highest last out buyer in the field, along with the inside runner, Gilmore. Uh, speaking of happy does, uh, winner last out, but no match for Chase the Chaos. And in that gold rush stakes, behind Paso Rondo and behind Chase the Chaos, uh, no match for either of them. So maybe a little light on figs, uh, but, but trending the right direction uh, for, for a, a fully capable barn. Speaking of Paso Rondo, I'll ignore the dirt run despite the fact that the horse has won on dirt in the past. Won the gold rush two starts back. The synthetic record is really, really strong. Never been out of the exact in five starts, three times a winner. Defeated Chase the Chaos, who came back and really flattered that form next out with that giant win. Two to one just seems so short. So short on a horse like this. I can see a scenario where I pick this horse, but not at two to one. The field's too competitive. There are too many you know, wild cards in here for me to get stuck into to a number that short. It just is. And even for the Baffert horses, for that matter. I can't imagine backing a horse at 9-5 at to five or 2-1 to one in this field. Now, I've already misspoken because there are actually two other horses that have higher buyers than the 81s to the inside. One of them is Harson, Steve Sherman, Mr. Jerome Moss of Zenyatta fame. I'm sure music people will roll their eyes say, oh, of Zenyatta fame. I know. I know his background. Uh, this is one I need to do a deeper dive. I know the Golden Scents are really strong on synth. But going a mile on an eighth off of one six for a long win off of a layoff, and both wins have come in gate-to-wire fashion, albeit both of them in, in emphatic fashion. Intriguing. Intriguing. Figs are there. I gotta do a little more homework. Street cry in the bottom. Harson's interesting. In honor of autism for Jonathan Wong. Another one stretching out in a big way in distance. Aside from the last fig, two, three, four, and five starts back, just not fast enough. And I and look, excuse the May start. That was an early two-year-old. I'd be concerned about but how how fast is he really? Especially taking on some other, you know, what what seem to be salty runners. I can say the same about Sea Dog. Had a good pace last time out. Couldn't run with Happy Does. Probably not for me. And then you get to the outside with Null Arbor for Baffert. Broke the maiden in a maiden optional claiming event. Going six for a long is that most recent start that was off a bit of a layoff. That was first start as a three year old. They paid $500,000 for this horse. Now, I think. Now, the common ownership, by the way, with the inside runner. Without having done any kind of a deeper dive, I prefer the inside runner over the outside runner. Gilmore's shown that he can pass horses. Uh, Null Arbor has not. Uh, there's other speed in this race. 
And the pedigree for Gilmore, I think, at face value, at first glance. Well, I shouldn't say that. Candy Ride Distorted Humor on the bottom from Manila Harbor. All right, I'll, I'll reserve judgment there. But of the two Bafferts, I'd probably lean more toward the inside, knowing that I still will do the deep dive later tonight. I think Chase the Chaos is really interesting. Pasarando, I could make a case if you're giving me at least twice that price, maybe even closer to three times that price. I just can't get stuck into two to one. I am most interested right now, anyway, I think in seeing what Harson looks like on tape and what the pedigree looks like. Because the horse has done nothing wrong in two starts. I know both of them in gate to wire fashion, but the figs are there, the pedigree's there, the connections are there. Harson is arguably the most interesting to me in Saturday's El Camino Real Derby, which will be race number eight on a nine-race card here at Golden Gate Fields. Let me know your thoughts about any of these three races. And again, official picks for me from these three races will be over on TVG.com or on the TVG app on your phone or your tablet or whatever you use to play the races. And me and Joaquin will be live from Golden Gate here on Saturday, bringing you all the action, beginning, I believe, in race number three. I think we're off the first two. But we'll bring you three through nine, including the $100,000 El Camino Rail Derby. You can follow me on Twitter at Bernier underscore Matt. And as always, please rate, review, subscribe, however you listen to your podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, InTheMoneyPodcast.com, or over on YouTube. Thumbs up, thumbs down. It's always greatly greatly appreciated that's going to do it for this week's show next week show will be coming to you from new orleans the big easy getting ready for the risen star stakes at the fairgrounds next saturday afternoon that's where i will be best of luck this weekend however you play whatever you play and wherever you play until next week this has been the matt burning show